With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, where your viewpoint matters. Donnell discusses today's major issues and concerns with nationally recognized expert guests, as well as a variety of other interesting topics. So call and express your viewpoint about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Donnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here is your Viewpoint host, Donnell Edwards. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and we hope you had a great day today. So, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. Had a terrible weekend in uh, Chicago, and uh, also there's a lot of talk with what's going on with all the tariffs and how that may impact people here in in our country and just a lot of things going on. So we we hope you, in spite of all of this, uh, you're able to have a a great day today. We have a a very interesting program for you this evening and uh, college students and high school students are going to be returning to their campuses in just a few short weeks. It's just around the corner. And I know a lot of our students are jumping up and down shouting about that. They're real happy. (laughs) And uh, tonight's program is dedicated to helping students succeed in the classroom. Our theme is an expert's game plan for college success. And although the theme is about college success, we will uh, be discussing what high school students need to do in order to be college ready and to build a foundation for success in college while they're in high school. And when we say that our guest is an expert, uh, that is not just uh, a a title that we're uh, uh, giving her. Uh, She's really earned that designation. She is uh, an educator, keynote speaker, author, entrepreneur, and consultant. She wrote the first groundbreaking student success textbook for community colleges, and the first student success textbook for first-generation students. In response to nationwide demand in 2011, she co-founded Educational Frontiers Group with Steve Piscatelli, which provides educational services such as consulting, professional development, and educational novelties. As a result of her work and thought leader role with national initiatives such as Complete College America, Achieving the Dream, and the Developmental Education Initiative. She has become one of the most sought-after keynote speakers and workshop facilitators on student success and engagement topics. So please 
join me in welcoming, welcoming to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints and the CWR Talk Network, Dr. Amy Baldwin. Hello, Amy. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just thrilled and excited to be a part of your program. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we're thrilled to have you here. Uh, uh, education is uh, really one of the priorities for our network and for my show, and so we're excited about uh, tonight's program. Now, uh, please share with us, we talked a little bit about it in the introduction, but please mm-hmm. give us a little more background that's prepared you to help students succeed in college and do all the things that we just just heard about. Yeah, sure. Um, so I kind of came to um, a community college, uh, kind of not knowing what what exactly I was doing and what what they were the purpose of them were. Um, I started teaching in 1996, uh, fresh out of graduate school, looking for you know the place to land and and what I needed to be doing. Um, I had always kind of taught or helped other people in my life. Um, uh, with academics, but never really thought of myself as a teacher until I kind of found myself uh, in front of a group of students at a community college. And that's where I really learned. Um, and I, I, it wasn't easy because, you know, when students are having challenges and trying to learn and really wanting to better themselves, um, it's not an easy pathway, but really learned from them, um, the 18 years that I did that, about what they were experiencing and what I could do better uh, to help them, and I can't say that I did all the right things all the all the time, but I certainly learned from them what uh, worked better and what didn't in terms of helping support them succeed in college and ho- and hopefully in their lives as well. Um, I use that that knowledge um, in my current role. Whenever I started at University of Central Arkansas in Conway about four years ago, and I work with the same um, population of students. And when I say that, it's first. Uh, first-year students, um, often students that need a little bit of academic support, maybe they're first generation, maybe they're coming from um, under-resourced high schools, um, maybe they just didn't even think of themselves as college material um, initially, but um, I, through the department that I work uh, in, um, we really strive um, through our classes and through our support systems to give them the uh, information and the edge that they need to be successful. Okay. Uh, following up on that, uh, Dr. Baldwin, uh, how important is it for students in achieving success to get off to a good start in that first year? Oh, it's monumentally important. We see a lot of students who falter the, that first semester or the first two semesters. Um, can they eventually be successful and graduate? Absolutely. Um, but oftentimes it takes a little bit more work and effort. And so if we have students that come in from the first day as best they can, really knowing why they're there and what they want to accomplish and then how to find support when they need it, um, they're going to make it a lot easier for themselves um, semesters after that. Okay, very good. Now, in your role as an educator, are there specific students that benefit more from your help than others? Now, we talked about the uh, students just coming in in their first year, uh, but, but are there other students, and what programs or methods have you used to assist students to achieve, achieve success? Well, the uh, department that I work in, we have um, what's called developmental classes. I don't know if you're familiar with remediation yes. in college. Um, yes. Uh-huh. But we, yeah, we um, 
are I'm very uh, excited to always tell people about how we deliver developmental education. We use what's called a co-requisite model, where we have the student simultaneously enrolled in a college-level course with a course that helps support that college-level course. And I'll give you an example. Um, if you want to take college algebra and your ACT math score is um, kind of low, we will put you in college algebra, but we will also put you in a course that is designed to help support you as you're um, mastering those skills. And we have had phenomenal success with students um, completing college algebra, passing college algebra, um, when historically they just have not been that, that successful. They've struggled. Um, they've maybe failed or maybe dropped it. And so we were really um, excited to be able to offer those kinds of different ways of doing coursework that helps those students that just need a little more confidence um, and definitely a lot more practice. And the way we do it um, at UCA provides them with that opportunity to do those very things. Okay. That's, that's a very, very practical way to, uh, to do that. Uh, really good. Now, I understand that you have worked with a program to ensure African-American male student success. When I saw that, uh, I, I got excited because I'm an African-American mm -hmm. male. But uh, mm -hmm. how did you get involved with this program, and why is such a program necessary? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because um, when I was at the community college previous to UCA, we um, got a grant, to a uh, federal grant to fund what was called, we called it the network. It was basically student success coaching for our African-American male students. Um, and I really got excited by the outcomes. We were seeing phenomenal work uh, by those student success coaches, and students were really being successful. If they were being coached by an academic coach um, and they were involved in some of the programming um, that the network provided, and it could be academic programming, it could be study, um, you know, study sessions, it also could be social sessions as well. Uh, I really realized, oh my gosh, there's, there's a model there that can really help the kinds of students that I'm interested in, which is those that, again, are quite capable, um, may not see themselves as college students, but we certainly can help them gain that confidence. Um, and sometimes it just takes uh, surrounding them with the right people and the right encouragement and the right um, resources. And that, that's kind of how I got involved. I was so interested in that the good work that we were doing at the community college, that that's what I did my dissertation on. And so I ended up interviewing um, African-American males, um, academic achievers at community colleges uh, around the South and interviewed them to ask them, you know, what were the elements that they saw in their lives and in their um, college um, experiences that really helped them, they thought helped them be successful. And a lot of times they said it, and it didn't matter what color that person was, what gender, what um, their role was on campus. They said people who were invested in me and were interested in how I was doing is what helped me be successful. And that has really changed kind of how I approach all kinds of students, um, realizing that the personal element um, and the caring for the student is really important. Okay, very good. Now, uh, just shifting a, a little bit here uh, from from that thought to your, your book, A High School Parent's Guide to College Success. Uh, in addition to providing tips for 
ap academic success and study skills. You also provide information about scholarships, grants, student loans, and various funding sources. So what will students and their parents learn from your book that may be different from what they may have heard or read from other education experts? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the books that are out on the market, um, when I was doing some research on what, what I could do to kind of help um, reach parents and what kind of information they needed, a lot of books are focused on getting into college, and that's certainly important. Um, you want to prepare your student, your child, uh, your young adult, um, you know, for those experiences so that when they get to college, they'll be ready. But I really felt like there needed to be uh, more information about how to keep them there once they got there. And so I did, uh, in the chapters, I focused on dealing with failure because that's something that I see a lot in my role. Students come in, even if they're well prepared for high, from high school to college, they'll get their first low grade and they'll be devastated and they'll think, oh my, this that, that I may not be ready for college. This uh, may mean that I'm doomed to failure. And really, if they are able to, and parents can coach them on how to do this, if they're able to view those low points or those setbacks as temporary um, and that everybody experiences those, um, especially their first semester, then they're more likely to get over those and move on and keep achieving um, beyond that kind of low point. So okay. that's kind of what I'm hoping that the book does is, is provide those kinds of uh, – that kind of information to help parents. Okay, very good. Now, if you just joined us, uh, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and we're discussing an expert's game plan for college success with our guest, educator, and consultant, Dr. Amy Baldwin. If you have a question or comment about what it takes to succeed in college, call now to talk with Dr. Baldwin. Our number is 563-999-3660. That number again is 563-999-3660. We would love to hear your viewpoint. When we return, we'll discuss with Dr. Baldwin her views on standardized testing and how students may improve their scores. So stay tuned. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Hey, if you have really, really tried to lose weight going from one diet to the next, stop right now and listen to me. Let Jen Han help you. Jen is a food coach and body image expert in her new show, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, The Effortlessly Easy Path to Weight Loss, is now on the CWR Talk Network. Jen's aim is to dispel all the myths related to dieting, debunk food rules, and bring enjoyment and sanity back to eating. You shouldn't feel guilty about eating the things you enjoy. 
Jen has lived through the battle of dieting and binging herself for 13 years and has tried every diet plan, every program, and every solution that promised weight loss, hypnosis, diet pills, cleanses, detoxes, you name it, Jen's tried it. It wasn't until she looked at what was underneath the food that she saw any lasting healing. Now Jen teaches others the truth about dieting and how to enjoy eating normally. Listen to Jen's podcast, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, the effortlessly easy path to weight loss on the CWR Talk Network online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio and search for Jen Hand or go directly to Jen's podcast on our website, CWRTalkNetwork.com and select Jen's page from the menu bar. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15... 14. 41, 31, I mean 13. We, we took, took a left on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. American College of Financial Services invites you to join us for our annual conference of African-American financial professionals. Join us in Washington, D.C. at the Marriott Marquis, August 6th through the 8th, as more than 500 African-American professionals from across the country come together to talk about practice management, networking, and the growing wealth gap in the African-American community. Some of our keynote speakers include John Rogers from Aerial Investments, Dr. Pamela Jolly, and former State Senator Nina Turner. For more information, go to theamericancollege.edu. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group, gender-wise and racially, that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. listening to 
The CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints with your host, Donnell Edwards, on the CWR Talk Network. Thanks again for joining us for tonight's program. Uh, tonight's discussion is an expert's game plan for college success. And our guest is author and keynote speaker, Dr. Amy Baldwin. Amy, there are a number of things that I want to discuss with you uh, because education, as I mentioned before, is one of the main priorities for me and for my network. So let's Mm -hmm. start by discussing standardized testing. Since success in college begins at all levels of an individual's education, especially uh, middle and high school, what benefits, if any, are there in standardized tests like the SAT, which is the uh, Scholastic Assessment Test, and other tests that are administered now to uh, on a local level uh, at certain uh, grade grade points, uh, grade levels, to determine whether a student can advance to another grade level? So, uh, is there any benefit or any advantage to those those tests? Well, I'm glad you asked that. I just had this conversation with my husband um, <laughs> over dinner um, <laughs> yeah, I, about uh, we have two two kids, two uh, one in college and one in high school. And of course, I work with a lot of students uh, who get placed in my department because of standardized test scores. And so I kind of really have a mix, some mixed feelings about it. Um, for one, a lot of institutions use them, so in some ways they're a necessary uh, piece of the puzzle. Um, but they do not, and they never will, um, and this goes for any kind of test, uh, tell the whole picture and the potential of a student. And so, you know, it's nice whenever students do achieve um, on those, but also, you know, they shouldn't put too much weight in that number because there are lots of different ways to define success, and a lot of people, um, you know, just aren't good test takers. They, are you know, need more time to think and think more clearly and can be quite brilliant doing those kinds of things whenever they're slowed down. Um, Standardized tests don't take that into account. So um, my kind of viewpoint is on it, if you you have students in high school who are taking the ACT or SAT, um, any preparation they can do to to help, um, taking it multiple times um, helps. We, we know that. We see that. Um, there are a lot of free resources, for sure. Um, Khan Academy is, is one, um, and uh, I know ACT and SAT offer lots of video tutorials and, and online quizzing. Um, and, and I do encourage students that if you get a, get a particularly low test score or lower than you want, um, you know, looking for ways to improve um, and, and practice and then taking it again is certainly um, recommended. But at the same time, don't put so much weight on it to think that it indicates something that you can't achieve. Um, and we see a lot of students who come in who may have low ACT scores, but they're quite great in the classroom in terms of um, being thoughtful and being articulate and analytical and creative. And those tests just don't measure some of that stuff. 
Okay. Now, there's there's been a raging debate, as, as I'm sure you're aware, going on for years about the inequities in the way the tests are designed. And mm-hmm. it does not take into account the environment and life experience of some groups in comparison sure. to others. So it's not reliable, mm-hmm. not a reliable tool in measuring some aspects of a student's progress, which you, you just, just mentioned. Now, we yeah. had a special two-hour program uh, June of 2017, the crisis in America schools. And one of the educators on there was a 25-year-plus uh, teacher and administrator, and she was really frustrated and expressed her frustrations about the standardized test because her concern was that it puts so much emphasis on the test, teachers are forced to teach to the test mm-hmm. to prepare mm-hmm. the students so that they can score higher on the test, and the teachers are being graded on that so that they don't actually get to teach and get the uh, the children the help that they need, the students uh, the help that they need to actually teach them what they need to be learning. Her, her expression was, and I don't remember it exactly, was that uh, if she was allowed to teach, they would be prepared mm-hmm. so that they could do better on the test. But sure. uh, being yeah. forced to do it the other way. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I, I certainly see um, where, you know, a lot of that backlash is coming from. Um, I can tell you uh, from my perspective, a lot of it, not a lot, but institutions are now starting to uh, be what's called test agnostic, and they're not, um, you don't have to submit test scores. So they're really, you see that more on the East Coast, uh, higher ed in- institutions um, not taking into account test scores, standardized test scores um, in terms of admissions, which I think is a, a good first step. Um, but I also see it, this is the conversation I had earlier with my husband is, you know, if you're a first generation student, you're a low income student, um, Taken, don't even take into account maybe some cultural issues of the, the test questions and the content, um, you're just going to see that test a lot differently uh, than somebody who may be a higher socioeconomic status come from college graduate parents. And so I think, you know, there's some issues there in terms of it unfairly in some ways labels or pigeonholes a certain students who just don't have that cultural capital um, to to use that tool to their advantage, uh, for lack of a better word, um, if that makes sense. Um, and, I, and I agree with the, the person you said that, you know, really felt hindered by those standardized tests. We would love to see them in college be very creative, uh, risk takers, uh, try new things, uh, not worry about getting things wrong, but really digging into the material and learning from it in all different angles. And whenever they are, come through a system in which they're so focused on that test, uh, it makes it our jobs as college educators a, a little harder, you know, a little harder to, to get them to think outside the box. And, and, you know, one of the things that I attempted to do in that uh, special town hall was to try to find some of the uh, schools around the nation that are thinking outside the box. And mm-hmm. you have some schools in some of the larger cities that now are, private schools that, you know, are funded by private sources. Uh, I know Dr. George Frazier, I think, has several schools himself for uh, young African-American males, and they are doing things that are really successful. And the thing that irritates me 
it seems like in the public schools, they the 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 thought is we've always done it this way for the last several mm-hmm. centuries, so we're not going to change, and, and that's right. not working. It, it, it's a broken uh, broken system, a broken approach. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things I I think is 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 going to help. And um, but just just to go back and uh, revisit this a little more, you, you'd already mentioned some of the things that people can do to score better on mm-hmm. the test. Uh, so you, you mentioned Khan Academy, and mm-hmm. uh, for people who don't know what that is, can you explain it? Yeah, it's K H A N Academy. Uh, Sal Khan. Started it basically the way he started it was he was tutoring, I think, a niece or a nephew um, online um, in some math class, and he started making these little videos of his tutoring sessions and was putting them online, and, and they're all free. Um, and they kind of just took off, and he's since um, added all kinds of subjects. And one of the one category that he has are ACT and SAT prep videos, they're very short videos of um, somebody like showing a problem and showing how to solve it and kind of talking through the steps and they're great resources. So if a person doesn't have access to um, an ACT prep course or um, cost is an issue, uh, they can go online and find some of these free resources. Um, Now they have to do the work, (laughs) you know, it doesn't just magically (laughs) appear in their head, but uh, definitely can give them, um, you know, for me and, and the students that I, I work with in terms of test prep, uh, it's familiarity with what they're being asked and what the tasks are and getting used to doing them very quickly. And that's part of the process of kind of uh, improving your ACT scores or SAT scores. Okay, very good. Now, we're going to take another break right here because we do have uh, something special for our listeners that we want to want to be able to do before we finish this evening. So we will take another break, and we'll come back in a few minutes. And as I mentioned before, uh, if you have questions for Dr. Baldwin, uh, please give us a call at 563-999-3660. That's 563-999-3660. Three six six zero, and we would love to take your question or your comment. And when we return, uh, we're going to uh, discuss choosing a college and developing a game plan for success. So please stay tuned. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. 
He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor Middle School? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon oh, gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. American College of Financial Services invites you to join us for our annual conference of African-American financial professionals. Join us in Washington, D.C. at the Marriott Marquis, August 6th through the 8th, as more than 500 African-American professionals from across the country come together to talk about practice management, networking, and the growing wealth gap in the African-American community. Some of our keynote speakers include John Rogers from Aerial Investments, Dr. Pamela Jolly, and former State Senator Nina Turner. For more information, go to theamericancollege.edu. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints with your host, Donnell Edwards, on the CWR Talk Network. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for tonight's discussion. And uh, we're going to shift uh, to another topic here. Uh, Amy, when we get to the point of choosing a college, uh, our parents get to that point with their, their child. Is there a process that will help students and parents make the best choice, or how do you recommend that the college selection is made? 
That's a great question, and and you know it's a process. So um, there's not a, a quick and easy step um, for it unless your kid knows exactly where he or she wants to go, and there's no other discussion. Um, there are a variety of things that they need to consider. Um, one is fit. You know, is this the the right fit in terms of where it's located, what programs it offers, um, how big it is. Uh, sometimes students just don't want a large school. Some of them don't want a small school. Um, so all of those things, it, well, and also uh, distance from home. Uh, students do feel pretty um, yeah, strongly about how close they want to be from home. And quite honestly, most of them um, don't go that far away. And sometimes that's, you know, because they want to stay still connected with their family or they feel like being far too far away um, is just not what they want. And so really focusing on the variety of things that could make um, the college more um, attractive to the student is definitely part of it. But in terms of the process, um, they're going to have to do their research. They're going to have to look online. They're going to have to talk to people. Um, college uh, high school counselors um, can help with some of that. Uh, they know any students who've gone to certain campuses, um, talk to them. And then if they can, go visit as many schools as possible because I think being on campus and talking to the students there and uh, talking to faculty, talking to staff can really help uh, you know, pr prospective students get a good feel for whether this is the right place for them or not. But definitely it, it's a process. It's one that's going to take conversation um, and definitely exploration and doing some research. Okay. Now, let's say that the student has enrolled and is entering his or her first semester of college. What are some of the, the pitfalls that students should be aware of that can doom students to fail? Uh, I could do a whole hour show on that <laughs> if you ever wanted to, because um, it's kind of my area of specialty. Um, some pitfalls are taking on um, too many activities. Uh, sometimes they're working, sometimes they have to, but really not considering that uh, going to school full-time is the equivalent of a full-time job, and they kind of think they can do whatever they did in high school, which may not have been a, a whole lot of work, um, and add that uh, to a job and, and try to balance college. Um, not being prepared uh, in the first few weeks, uh, not reading the chapters, not doing the assignments, um, and there's always a uh-oh moment about week four or five when they're starting to get their first test back. Um, but one of the biggest pitfalls that I see that really could make a difference if students stopped for a moment and um, reached out and got help, um, that would be huge because a lot of times students think that they are going to fix it on their own. Maybe they didn't do well on an assignment or a paper or a test, and uh, I'll just work a little bit harder next time. And when they really should go to tutoring, they should talk to the faculty, they should get a study group together and not reaching out is probably one of the biggest pitfalls uh, that's that new students make. Okay. Now sometimes it's the little things that can kill you and it can create the <laughs> biggest problems. For instance, a syllabus, not everyone's familiar with a college or university syllabus. So can you explain why syllabus is so important and why it should be studied in order to achieve success. And I thought it was real interesting when I went to your website. Uh, mm -hmm. Your website actually is it's in the syllabus. In the syllabus, so can you, yeah. <laughs> can you tell us yeah. about that? 
Yeah, so I, obviously it's been uh, uh, one of my uh, sayings for the past 20 years uh, because you're right, students don't always, they're not familiar with them. They don't necessarily know how to use them, and uh, faculty call it the contract of the course, which sounds like really heavy language, right? You know, a contract yes. is something important. Yes. That's something that it takes two parties to agree to, and students don't see it like that, especially new students. But um, what they need to do is they need to read it, and it may not seem like it's kind of like putting in front of you, you know, read this, all of these little uh, agreements and what do we do? We usually sign whatever it is and, and move on. But really looking for certain information, course policies, um, attendance, how, do they, how are they going to grade, what are we going to cover uh, in the class over the semester, that's a great place to find that. And then what to do if there's a problem. So a student fails a test, uh, there's probably some information in that syllabus about what they should do first. Um, and then, you know, how to, how to contact the professor, what course materials they need. Uh, really, everything that they need, it's kind of a roadmap. Uh, we call it a contract, but it's really a roadmap uh, for what to expect and how to negotiate um, any challenges that they may have. Okay, very good. So, really, if, if the student reads and understands the syllabus, uh, one of two things can occur. They're either going to understand that and know how to go through that class for that semester, or they're going to understand that they need some help and that they need to uh, early on uh, reach out and get some help. I know when, when I was in college and not too long ago, I went back to school late in life, and I was not familiar with the syllabus. But mm -hmm. I learned real quickly how important it was. <laughs> and one of the things that I, I, I liked was uh, if there were projects, it had the dates in there when, when those were due. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I could put that on my calendar and know uh, to be working on that instead of waiting until the last minute. And there were lots of other things in there that would give you information on what the uh, what that instructor was, was expecting so uh, there wouldn't be any surprises. So like I said, it's a roadmap. And, mm -hmm. you know, a, a wise person is going to read through that several times to make sure that they've got it. So uh, that's that's really important. Thank you for explaining yeah. that. Oh, now, yeah, thank you. Uh, how may students become aware of resources available to them, uh, like student academic advisors, deans, department heads, and so forth? Um, a lot of times, especially first-year students, that's, that's a really difficult uh thing to get to to do for them because they're not used to using adults um, in that manner. Um, usually my juniors, seniors, uh, you know, people who are, have been to college for a couple of years get that. They know that faculty are a resource. They know that staff are a resource. Um, and they know kind of how um, departments work and, and deans and things like that. But those first-year students struggle um, and some of it is they don't know um, how to approach uh, somebody uh, on campus they don't know what to ask they don't know what to say um, and so we do a lot in our uh, student success classes at UCA to help coach them on how to have those conversations uh, but the the first thing is probably the easiest thing to do is meet meet their professors go uh, sit down with them 
um, during their office hours or talk to them before or after class and kind of get a comfort level going on that they feel comfortable asking for help or asking questions. And then I think once they can do that pretty well, um, it's not much of a step to feel comfortable talking to a department chair or a dean or an advisor um, and things like that. But they have to connect. Um, professors uh, don't often know, you know, when students are struggling. And so it, I always tell students, I'm not psychic. You're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, talk to me um, and let me know that you need something. And um, hopefully by, by reaching out to them, uh, it'll ease that transition just a little bit. Okay, very good. Now, uh, I, I, I agree with what you mentioned about sometimes students coming in the first year may not understand or may not be accustomed to uh, using adults to help them. But uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't you agree that uh, getting to know your instructors and letting them get to know you and developing oh, yeah. a good relationship with them is a student's first opportunity at that level to engage in networking because that professor oh. may be someone that they have to go back to and ask for a letter of recommendation or may help mm-hmm. them get into their career position. So uh, isn't it really, really important to do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point to make. I'm going to share a really quick story with you with a student okay. that impressed me from the first day. First day of class, he comes up to me and he says, we finished class and he said, I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Marcus. And I'm excited to be in your class, um, and I'm you know, excited to get to know you, and I want you to get to know me. And he floored me. Like, I have never had anybody <laughs> do that. And he was a wonderful student, hard, very hardworking. Um, he did ask for a letter of recommendation um, uh, after that semester, and it was not hard to write. And I got to tell that story about what an impressive young man he was. Um, and those kinds of things, and I tell students now, if you go do that, you've got a golden ticket, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, 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 you have just totally uh, flabbergasted your professor. Like, they've never seen anybody do that before, um, and that's a great first impression, great way to network uh, immediately. Great story, and uh, anybody listening, it can happen to you. But uh, you mm-hmm. have to take that, take the step to uh, to do that, and it's really important. Now, uh, what is the best best method to develop a study schedule and to determine how much time to allow for each class, and, and also the benefit of study groups? Oh yeah, so. Um... You know, we always tell our students that they really have to block out that schedule, that time. And they, uh, you know, the rule of thumb we often tell them is for every hour you're in class, two to three hours um, outside of class. That's that's probably a little more than they need. But the idea is you need to start uh, booking that time in your calendar so that maybe you don't need all three hours in the afternoon to go over your notes and study for your Spanish test, uh, but you have already scheduled that time. And so you're not trying to scramble looking for that time and borrowing it from sleep or other other important activities. Um, but they have to have a planner. They have to have a calendar. And they're going to have to write down when they're studying, just like they know when they're going to class, when are you going to the library. And you mentioned study groups. Um, I was 
kind of a lone studier. I like to study alone a lot of times, but there were certain classes that I could not have gotten through had I not reached out to other classmates and formed a study group. It's a great social thing to do. Um, you get to meet people and, and develop relationships, but it certainly makes um, the study process a little easier. Okay, very good. Now, we have another special guest with us this evening. Uh, we have one of your students who's going to share with us uh, her experience as a first-year student and uh, some of the things that helped to prepare her and some of the things that may have uh, been uh, unexpected when she she arrived. <laughs> so would you please uh, introduce her for us? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, Rojane Davis is one of my first students at UCA. Um, she's in my first semester class. She ended up being one of our student workers in the department. Um, love, love, love her. Uh, bright spirit, very eager and excited. But she had challenges just like every other first-year student. Uh, what makes her such a great person is that she has really bounced back from those and learned a lot about um, being successful in college. And I'm excited that she's joined us, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Um, so I'm just going to start off by introducing myself. Um, I'm Rajane Davis. I attended UCA right after high school, and I am currently at Pulaski Tech at the moment. Um, but I come from a family with little or no education. Um, I'm actually, well, my mother has three children. Uh, my two oldest brothers, they went to college but didn't finish, uh, and I am just now getting back in college. Um, my uncles and aunts, none of them have, like, a high school diploma, so they wow. were just extremely, yeah, and I have <laughs> two aunts um, and three uncles. So they were just determined to, you know, push their children you know, to graduate high school and off to college. Um, so, yeah, that's what I, where I come from. Uh, growing up in Chicago for my parent or my parents, um, she explained to me that life was, you know, really difficult for them. And it still is difficult in Chicago. Um, majority of my family is still there. Um, but, yeah, my mom, she was just determined for me to go to college and, get my degree and everything so I took a two-year break actually um I was like I was just gonna work and you know pay my bills but recently I discovered that this isn't leasing uh wasn't something that I just wanted to do for the rest of my life and what I wanted to do required me to go to college so I'm back in college definitely loving it I'm a different person than I was <laughs> when I first attended. Because <laughs> at first I was just like, okay, I'm coming on a track scholarship. I'm just going to go to school, have fun, be away from home. But it's honestly not all about that. Um, and I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely going to college is something very important. Um, like I said, I love college now. Uh, I'm working towards my associate's of science degree, um, and I want to be a surgical technician. 
And after that, I hope to be an ultrasound technician. So that's where I am with school. Okay. Uh, do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, no, I don't. Mind. <laughs> uh, you, you said you said that you are from Chicago. Uh, right. Did did do you have relatives here uh, in this area? I do. Um, I have my grandpa my grandparents here, and I have a brother here, and my mom. Okay. So, did you live on campus, or were you staying with relatives when when you were at at UCA? I lived on campus. I did. And okay. at the time, uh, my family was in Texarkana, so it's like two hour, two and a half hours away from Conway. Okay. Now, and you mentioned you want a track scholarship, so we you running track at the same time? No, I wasn't. Uh, I was supposed to run track for UCA, and things didn't go as planned, uh, so I just ended up going to school and working. Okay. So... Uh, what what I was trying to ask, do you feel that being away from home and being away from your family, uh, w- was that a, a factor in some of the issues you may have had uh, getting started out? Definitely. Um, <laughs> being away from home, away from my family, what I was used to, um, it definitely had an effect with my emotions and my grades. Um, yeah, just being away from home around my family, it was just so weird. I've never been away from them, you know, uh, for long periods of time. So it definitely showed in my grades. Okay. Now, uh, you also mentioned that, that you were working while you were going to school. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, did you and your family look for any scholarships other than the scholarship that you were hoping to get or expecting to get there at UCLA, I mean at UCA? No, sir, we didn't. Um, I wasn't really for sure, you know, how to go about looking for scholarships when I first started out. Um and neither was my mom. She was just pushing me to go to college, and we didn't even, you know, think to ask anyone for help as far as looking for scholarships. But that would have been a huge help with finances and stuff if we would have known. Okay, okay. very good. So would you recommend uh, for anyone who is listening that may be in a situation where they may feel like they may have to work, uh, that they find other resources to help them and do everything possible to avoid having to work, especially during that first year of school? Um, the old me, I would say, definitely ask for help um, in looking for scholarship because um, – like, my student loans are kind of crazy right now, and I'm not even done with school. Uh, and like I said, scholarships would definitely help. Um, yeah. Did I answer your question? Or? Yeah, I, yeah, I think you did. And uh, okay. I, I, I want to uh, commend you. Thank you, first of all, for coming on the show 
and for sharing your experience with us. And we want to commend you for uh, resuming your quest to uh, get your degree. I can tell just from the brief time that I talked with you, you're a young lady that has a lot going on. Uh, just stay determined. Don't let anything stop you. And you've got my number now. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you need, need somebody, somebody else to talk to, just just call and tell me I'm, I'm the young lady that was on your show. And if there's any way I can help you, I will. But uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And thank we wish you. you the best. Yeah. Okay. Thank All right. Thank you so much for having me. You yeah. are very welcome. Thank you, Rajanae. She's she's a phenomenal person. She really is, um, and she's got a bright future ahead of her. I believe that. Now, going back to the scholarships, uh, I, 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 I I have worked some with with college students, and uh, it seems that there is a reluctance on the part of many college students to look for scholarships even the ones that are aware of them and know how to go about looking for them because mm -hmm. it's really work. It's, it's a job. Yes. But in the end, yes. if you work at it hard enough and, and view that as a job, as another part of your uh, going through school, you can get a lot of your uh, tuition paid for. So when you graduate, you don't have uh, a lot of student, student loan debt and it can help you to avoid having to work while you're in school if you're in a situation where where that might be the case. So what do you recommend for students and, and, and their parents uh, when they are in high school, they, they actually should start uh, as far as looking for scholarships so they can avoid some of the, the, the issues that may result from not having enough funding? Yeah, and and I I, I want to answer that. I also want to answer. I uh, want to share uh, some ideas of stuff that Rojane and I've talked about in terms of. Okay. She, it's not too late. It's not too late now for her to look for additional scholarships as well. But if you're in high school, um, really, kind of the um, the best method is to start locally, um, and looking at your community in terms of what uh, may offer. There are businesses, local businesses. Your church or synagogue um, may also offer um, scholarships. I, I got a very small scholarship from my church um, before I went to college. It, it allowed me to pay for books, and so I, it was a great um, opportunity, but it was because I was affiliated with a church. Um, there may be a Rotary Club or a Kiwanis Club or some other group um, in the community, in the area, that love to give uh, scholarships out to to local students, especially when they see that it's really making a difference. So start locally, um, then I start looking at the state. So if they're in a state that has, um, you know, scholarship information, Arkansas is one of them, um, where you can go online and look at all the scholarship opportunities for state students, in-state students. Um, they need to do that. And then then they save that time uh, to look at national scholarships. Um, I have a, we have a financial aid officer at our school who talks about all the things that you wear, the things that you drink. If you drink Pepsi, there's a Pepsi or a Coca-Cola scholarship. If you wear Levi's jeans, there's a scholarship. They have scholarships. And so looking around your home as to what you uh, – what you buy, what you use, and um, doing some national searches for those companies 
because um, they're often looking to give out money to, to, to worthy students who um, can talk about, you know, how, how the Coca-Cola, uh, you know, helps them get through the day or whatever it is. But, um, and I also would say, you know, you, you focus on, on high school students um, and looking for scholarships. Once they get to college, there's still scholarship money, and UCA is not unusual in that they offer foundation scholarships to students who have been there a semester or maybe even a full year or two um, who've proven themselves, and uh, they can get money for the last couple of years of school. Um, Rogenay is at a community college uh, that has uh, connections with other four-year universities that offer transfer scholarships. I talked to her about that a couple weeks ago. I said, did you know that you could get a transfer scholarship and come back to UCA if you keep your GPA up? Um, and she was surprised. She didn't know. So um, they, you got to start asking and start looking um, and, and make it. You did say it's a kind of a job, but that's part of it. Okay, very good. And uh, like you mentioned, it's, it's a process. Don't ever stop. If you get a scholarship <laughs> or two, don't think that's the end of it. I mean, just, just keep, keep at it uh, just like it's a job all the way through through college, and uh, you may be surprised at uh, the benefits that come from that. Uh, so we're just about out of time. So what final advice do you have for students and parents to ensure that students not only survive the first year of college, but thrive throughout their uh, time in college and achieve success? You know, if I had one piece of advice, I would say start the conversation now with your student about what um, they're going to experience and what you expect and what they should expect about the experience in college, and then keep that line of communication open the entire time. Um, you know, Rojane may be one of, and I don't remember if she did, but may have been one of the students that didn't want to tell her parents, you know, whenever they, she didn't do well on a, on a first assignment, or got really excited to share that she did well um, in a particular class. Um, asking those questions of your student, knowing that there's, that you are there for them no matter what happens, no matter what questions they have, I think starting that now and continuing that is probably my biggest um, piece of advice because parents are, have got a great influence on their students. Um, they just um, need to continue that support even whenever they're in college. Okay. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you joining us this evening, and it's been a wonderful discussion and uh, provided a lot of information, answered a lot of questions, and hopefully uh, it will help those listening to achieve success in college and in life. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoyed it immensely. Okay. Now, uh, please join us next week for another exciting program. And my guest is going to be master, uh, master level gerontologist and certified wellness coach, Miss Cassandra Hill. We will be discussing keys to staying healthy, a guide for young and old. And whether we want to accept it or not, we're all getting older. And it's wise to learn now how to plan in a way that allows us the highest level of life and health in our older years. And that's what we're going to be, be talking about next week. So be sure to join us. 
Thanks again for joining us tonight. And until next week, good night. And everyone have a wonderful, wonderful evening and a great weekend. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.